Welcome to Let's Talk Ball. I'm Thad Brown along with Carl Jones. He's a former Division I football corner. I'm just a guy who likes to listen and talk about football. I also watch occasionally too. We break down the X's and the O's every single week from the Bills games. This, of course, will be our last episode of the year. Bills lost to the Chiefs, knocked out of the playoffs. And uh, unsurprisingly, actually, I'll tell you what, a little surprisingly, there is not going to be a lot of good to talk about in this game for a team that played, you know, pretty straight up with somebody who's in the Final Four right now. The Bills, for a large part, were very disappointing. Guys who were normally you could count on, just Carl, weren't good in this game. Their guys weren't guys. I know we've been talking about that all year long. We talked about it on Buffalo Game Day recap. And when you look it back, it kind of confirmed what you felt like when you were watching the game. Josh Allen played well, as we can imagine, when we watched it the first time. But when you look at it some more, you're like, okay, Diggs had the bad drop. Like, what else happened during the game? You look at, you figure the D-line didn't play well because they couldn't get to Josh. I mean, they couldn't get to Mahomes. And boy, lo and behold, the tape uh, confirmed that as well. Just the, guy, the guys that the Bills need to step up and make plays didn't do so. Let's start with the end of the game because people have been talking about that for a few days now. The last two incompletions for the Bills before the missed field goal. Obviously, second down is the big controversial one because Tony Romo on the broadcast said Josh should have thrown the ball underneath to a wide open Stephon Diggs. Instead, he tried for Khalil Shakir. You and I have talked about this. A lot of people talk about it on the internet. The throw to Shakir is probably the right play. Yeah, so I'm going to set this up by telling you from the Chiefs' perspective. The Chiefs were in cover four. And there's three receivers to the, uh, to the left of Josh Allen. The number one receiver is locked, is man covered. So just say, take him out of the equation number here. All the way to the outside. All the way out of the equation. The Chiefs aren't even considering that guy in the coverage. They're both playing man. Uh, they're playing manning on that guy. But on the two inside receivers are playing cover four. Basically, the Chiefs are saying our safety and our nickel are going to be playing a little bit of a yin and yang on the number three receiver and the number two receiver, which in this, the number two guy is Khalil Shakir. Now that I dress that up. On this concept right here, as an outside corner, which is basically the nickel, I, I know this is kind of confusing, but the nickel in this situation is the outside corner for this defense. If that guy runs a post and the inside safety sits at all or doesn't get depth, you're going to throw the post 10 times out of 10. And you guys have seen that play all year long where the Bills throwing that in the field where um, Stephon Diggs, actually the week prior, I believe, against the Steelers, where they're throwing deep balls because they see that safety sit. It just looks a little different when the, condens when the field is condensed a little bit. Um, the safety sat, so Josh Allen said, you know what, let me fit it in there. He was open, good read, just got a little bit of pressure on him. Um, if you, the only way I can see that play going any different is honestly the Kincaid. If you felt as if um, the safety got depth, I don't think so. I think Josh Allen can make that throw. We've seen him make even t more difficult throws. The throw to Shakir. Lo and behold, Stephon Diggs was not in the reads. Tony Romo clearly said that, obviously, it's a difficult job to do so, but he sees someone wide open. He only has half of a second to analyze the play. That's why he said that. Regardless, Shakir was the read. Shakir was the play. Unfortunately, it didn't connect. And I know people talked about the strategy of running the clock down. That's a whole different discussion from this point of view. I don't think there's a lot of sense to that. If you're down, you take the points. But forget the situation. In that play, based on coverage and what everybody did, the throw to Shakir is not only the, the obvious play, but you really never even get down to the digs part of that progression it's so far down. Now the next play on third down, Josh Allen ends up rolling out to the right and throws an incomplete pass out of the back of the end zone. He did have options there where all right, he wasn't wrong on second down, but we think he probably was wrong on third down. Yeah, the first play, you know, that's a, that's a happening. You know, physical missing throw. Guys miss, miss throws, but guys usually don't miss reads. And on this, once again, this concept's a little bit more difficult for me to read from a defensive perspective, but when you look at Josh Allen, he reads the right, uh, Deontay Hardy's on the right side, and he sees the safety's high, so he's clearly not going there. Then he comes back to his left, 
I can't tell if he's looking at Kincaid, who's in front of him, or Stephon Diggs, who's about 10 yards behind him. Regardless of what he saw, Kincaid was wide open directly in front of him. And he bails on the pocket, leaving Kincaid wide open. And even as he's bailing the pocket, Kincaid is coming with him across the field, still open. We've seen Josh Allen throw across his body 10,000 times. It might not be the right play, but we've seen him do it. Um, regardless, I think that play was more damning on the end of the game sequence than the first play. The first play, hey, man, the Chiefs, Chris Jones just made a play right there. That guy made a play. Josh Allen, you got to hit, uh, I believe, Dalton Kincaid right there. Now, the, the, on the third down, there are a couple things, caveats to it. Number one, you don't know what the strategy may have been big picture. Because Correct. if you throw that Kincaid ball, Kincaid is three or four yards short of the first down line. If the Bills aren't planning to go for it on fourth down, then throwing that ball, frankly, is the same as throwing an incompletion because if you're Josh Allen, you're thinking, what's the difference between a 44-yard field goal and a 38-yard field goal? There ain't none. You know, so mm -hmm. there's really no reason to throw it if that is the strategy. Um, you know, the, the other part of this, too, is whenever Josh rolls, he likes to roll right because he's more comfortable. Right-handed quarterback naturally does that. And over the years, this is something I've noticed about it, people like look at the scramble and think, well, this is like the Josh Allen cheat code because he's so good out of the pocket. But when he does that, it's almost a roll of the dice how effective it can be because, like you said on this play, he immediately looked to the right. Deontay Hardy was covered with a defensive back short and a safety deep. He's the only receiver over there. So when all of your receiving group is to the left and you roll to the right, you're pretty much removing any chance of a pass there. Now you're looking for a miracle and basically, you know, one didn't happen. And that's what you get with the, this is why Although Josh Allen can live with the scramble, he sometimes dies by the scramble because when you scramble to the side where no one's there and you can't run, which the Chiefs were spying him all day long, it basically ends the play. And again, look, Josh Allen was really good in this game, but these are the areas where you like to see him improve because Greg Cosell said this about him a couple weeks ago, Josh Allen does not let the offense work for him enough. And this was a spot where you could have just thrown the ball short to Dalton Kincaid and perhaps given yourself a chance on fourth and short or maybe Kincaid breaks the tackle and the first down, but you let the offense work for you. Now, look, beyond that, like we said, Josh was absolutely ridiculous. Um, the throw to secure in the end zone, the catch might be better, but the throw's really good. The reads were, you know, we talked in the regular season, it didn't seem like he was reading the offense well, making good decisions. That was not the case in this game. No, I know uh, we talked about this before. Week one against the Jets, take the, like, take the easy money, man. You can't go broke taking a profit. And they probably win that game if he uh, plays the way that he did this past Sunday against the Chiefs. Totally agree. And so we've been saying, hey, you know, take the check down, take the easy completions. He did so. Unfortunately, his guys weren't able to break tackles, make guys miss, and it led to a game where I believe he had 26, something 20, uh, a, a, a lot of completions and a whole not, not a lot of yards, which obviously led to an L on offense and led to some drives that it's hard to sustain 10, 12 play drives. But nonetheless, with the way that the game was called and the way that the weapons had around him, the offensive line, he played well, and he was far down the list of the reasons why they lost. Yeah. And, and the way he operated the offense early, like you said, taking the short ones, the Chiefs made a concerted effort to take away everything deep for most of this game, make the Bills live short. And for the most part, they were living short. Even on the last drive where they failed, for most of that drive, he was still taking what he should be taking. One play in there where um, uh, was Sneed who baited him into the throw, that looked like it was going to be nearly a pick six. But other than that, he was really, really good operating the offense the way it needed to be operated, also in part because his receivers weren't winning very much down the field. And this is a, a problem we've talked about all year long. We saw it in this game, and in this game too, Carl, it includes Stephon Diggs. Yeah, yeah. 
We talked about this about a month and a half ago when they met up with the Chiefs the first time. We were like, hey, the Chiefs have a really good secondary. That's maybe an excuse why Stephon Diggs wasn't winning. But if they see them again, they're going to have to figure out ways to get those guys open and get that passing game going well. Stephon Diggs had a crucial drop. Trent Strenfield had two more. And the other guys just weren't winning enough. And, and also not just winning, but if you're going to get the ball in space, it's on your duty as a ball carrier to sometimes make a guy miss, run a guy over. And those little, we talked about this before, those five-yard catches turned to 15, like the Chiefs were turning those two-yard uh, runs that should have been to 15 and 20. That adds up. And I know it's, it's more than just, hey, man, I caught a pass and I'm going to get tackled for five yards. No, break a tackle and make it 15 and, and 20. That wasn't happening enough for them. And Sherfield had two catches, two possible catches deep that he didn't make. But neither one of those are he is he wide open. No. You know, they're both contested plays. The Diggs play, now he's open, but because it's so far down the field, Josh couldn't get the ball to a spot where he can make the play uncontested. So at the end of the day, there weren't enough plays where receivers were open enough to make those easy catches, which is part of the reason why Josh was checking down as much. What does Stephon Diggs now look like next year? What's the big picture with him? Because I think late this year, I think you saw a little bit of regression. Not to the point where he can't be on the team right. or he's not a number one anymore, but maybe not quite the ridiculous elite receiver we've come to know about. I, I, this is the second year in a row this has happened, though, where the tail end of the year, his productivity has dropped a little bit. So I do think that it is concerning where more reps that you put on his legs, more mileage that he runs, more routes that he's out there, that his productivity drops a little bit. So is he going to be this high usage guy where he's getting, where he's leading the league in targets every year? that maybe shouldn't be the objective going forward. I still think he's an elite guy. I, think, I still think he's a wide receiver one. But the guy that you had in 2020, 2021, where you're saying, hey, man, I don't care what the coverage is, the ball's going your way, that's probably not what you're looking for going forward. Because quite frankly, it wasn't like the case this year. I mean, this year, the past two months. If he wasn't open, he wasn't getting the ball. Like, I, I know some guys were, uh, you ever watch a Vikings game, if Justin Jefferson has three people on, Kirk Cousins is still like, yeah, I don't care. He's getting the <laughs> right. ball. I don't think Stephon Diggs is going to be that target going forward. The running backs, on the other hand, I thought had a really good uh, game and season. You know, Ty Johnson continues to run hard. He's impressive. And James Cook this year took big leaps. This is a guy that I was not optimistic about going into the season because of his size, because of his lack of the ability to do anything but cut at full speed. Yeah. But his contact balance improved a ton. He would run through arm tackles, did in this game a lot. And the vision, Carl, was incredible. The vision, I think, is the thing that took the, the contact balance, honestly, is probably the biggest jump from his game from year one, from honestly, his junior year at Georgia to, to now. But the vision in this game was so great. I mean, all the cutbacks, and they'd run a lot of zone reps where he was like, hey, man, once you find that lane, go ahead and hit, and hit it downhill, especially against the Chiefs defense as attacking. Uh, that was impressive upon watching it back. The offensive line, for the most part, was really good. I thought Mitch Morris had a fantastic game. The one thing, uh, Osiris Torrance, again, kind of mediocre, you know, a guy who I want to see improve next year, but he's fine if the Bills, you know, have to, and I'm sure will start him again. The thing that kind of surprised me was Connor McGovern had four quarterback pressures allowed. And the way I count them, you've got to actually affect the quarterback to get a pressure. Mm -hmm. I don't think he had four all year, you know. So this was a guy who has been dependable all season. And then in the biggest game of the year, had probably his worst game of the year. And we're going to have more of that when we flip to the defensive side of the ball in a minute. Let's talk about Joe Brady. In this game... Uh, and you talked about it with him a couple weeks ago. His money plays were really good. Late in the game, the fourth down call to Khalil Shakir on the last drive was excellent. Even the Trent Sherfield throw on third down on the same drive later on was a nice adjustment because the Chiefs were playing zone on most of the Bills' bunch formation plays and just basically catching the receivers. 
They could zigzag any way they wanted to, but there's always someone there because they were waiting. So on this particular play, Brady used those receivers as kind of a, a pocket and stuck Sherfield in the middle and got a completion. Is there enough in your mind to feel good about Brady going into the next year? He doesn't have the job yet. I think odds are he probably gets it. But would you like that idea for the Bills? I would. I think he showed enough down the stretch in terms of his own little wrinkles. And let's be quite frank here. When you get this job midseason, it's not like it's going to be your baby. Like, there's some things where you want to implement. But by and large part, that is Ken Dorsey's car, and you're just trying to, you know, get a little car wash and trying to, like, figure out things to make sure it's, it's, it's up to your speed. And I thought that he did enough down the stretch, especially against a more difficult schedule than what Dorsey had to deal with. And I think that is one caveat where people are going to look at the statistics and say, oh, the Dorsey – um, offense was better and it was like eh, but look at the defenses they were playing against they didn't see a, a Dallas Cowboys defense they didn't see the Chiefs twice um, so I do think that holds some weight and I even think about the touchdown play where Josh Allen ran it in where hey man on the goal line let's not overthink this give the ball to 17 and let him work his magic and he walked in for another touchdown small things like that add up I would if I'm a Bills fan I would feel confident comfortable with Dorsey next year I mean with Brady next year at the OC that car had a spoiler thanks to the mirror had some good detailing <laughs> I think he did a good job you're right Let's flip the defensive side of the ball. And if you want to talk about guys you've depended on all year who did not show up in this game, Ed Oliver not only is in the top of the list, he might be the top three spots. I can't overstate how easily he was blocked in this game. Joe Tooney whooped him in the first half. Then Tooney got hurt. He was out of the game. Didn't matter. The Bills tried to move Ed Oliver over to the other guard and had the same amount of success. I think the day for Ed Oliver can be summed up the run before the Chiefs fumble the very end of the game, it's a sweep. Ed Oliver gets blocked by, I don't remember, the guard or the tackle, but the block was so easy, that man had the chance to go down and also get a piece of Terrell Dodson. This is a defensive tackle who we've been used to seeing occupying two blockers. In this particular case, he couldn't even occupy one blocker. And for the entire game, he was getting single block. It didn't matter who was on him. And it wasn't just him. Linval Joseph looked very slow in this game. Daquan Jones, Sometimes was able to occupy two. He was a little better than Ed Oliver, but really didn't show up. Your stalwart, Leonard Floyd, I barely noticed him during the game. I barely noticed him watching it back on tape. <laughs> the guys who you were depending on all year long, they didn't just not make big plays. They got dominated in this game, and I was stunned to see it was even worse than I thought when it happened during the game. Yeah, that's not good to see, especially when we look at it from the Chiefs' uh, point of view. It's not like Chris Jones dominated the game or George Karloftis dominated the game from start to finish, but they made enough plays in key situations to help out their team. Think of the first drive of the game. Chris Jones gets the PBU when the ball could uh, be completed right behind them for it to be a first down. That takes points off the boards. Uh, takes points off the board, excuse me. Third down, George Karloftis is a tip pass. That was directed for Stephon Diggs. Chris Jones, once again, forces the play to Shaquille, uh, Khalil Shakir to be off target. Just plays like that. They didn't get any sacks. They didn't, well, I mean, he did force the fumble on Josh Allen. Chris Jones did. But regardless, one or two plays. That's all you need to change a game in this type of uh, situation where the, the teams are just so evenly uh, competitive, the even playing field. One or two plays changed the game, and Ed Oliver and the rest of the guys up front didn't make any for the Bills. They made zero. I mean, maybe less than zero if, there's, if there's, that's possible. I will say Greg Rousseau had a really nice game. Um, multiple pressures looked good. Look, Rousseau all year has been good for like a quarter or a quarter and a half. And, and because the Chiefs didn't have that many snaps, I think it was probably about the same amount of time. But you are at least getting that consistent production where, hey, he might not be around for all four quarters, but you can count on that guy to be in the backfield a couple times a game every single week. Von Miller, Carl, also had two tackles. Now, I don't think he looked 
at all different when it came to the pass rush, but did make a nice play on a run stop, did stop the screen, and even though his game was good, as we just talked about, most of the rest of this defense, when it came to getting to the quarterback, was very much not. Yeah, the Von Miller stuff, <laughs> we've been getting little flashes, little sneak peeks over the past month or so, and the fact that he made a solo tackle on the screen, I know it probably got taken out of the, uh, the, the stat book because it got the penalty or yeah, whatever. Yeah, I think so. So sorry about that, Von, but regardless, you see that play right before the half, you're like, uh-oh, we're about to get some closer moment in the fourth quarter. It never really came, but the incremental coming back to life Vaughn was, was, was there again this week. Hopefully, he can parlay, like, parlay that into something next year. Yeah, bottom line, though, in this game, Pat Mahomes was just too comfortable all game long. It probably did help that A.J. Klein was a guy who was primarily in coverage most of the game. And I'll tell you what, Klein can still get off a block and make a run stop. It was funny to watch a linebacker with some size who actually was able to take it's the first time all year other than maybe Terrell Dotson a little bit to see a guy like that who can fight off a block and make a play but down the field it was a different story yeah man the Chiefs from the first drive of the game made it an emphasis to find 52 on the field and make him pay um, I mean it's not his fault my man was on the couch with us a couple weeks ago and he honestly it wasn't for a lack of effort he was there for all the plays but unfortunately Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes are Hall of Famers for a reason I mean I think about uh, the first drive of the game, they run an out route right at him, sat right next down to him. Nice 15-yard gain right there. I think about the one deep play down the right sideline where it was a play-action fake and Kelsey's coming out of the backfield and Klein has to bite on it because of the, the play fake and Kelsey runs right past him. If that's Bernard, Bernard can probably run step for step with Kelsey, especially at this point in Kelsey's career. Unfortunately, Klein couldn't make that play. Regardless, we saw it in the fourth quarter in the Steelers game. Where we were like, man, the Steelers are kind of peppering the middle of the field a little bit with uh, Bernard not in there. And the Chiefs um, did that, and then some last Sunday. I thought Terrell Dotson actually played pretty well defensively, um, especially later in the game. Couple nice run stops. Wasn't bad in coverage. You know, made some stops. I mean, look, Dotson all year has been a solid player. I think, as I, I've talked about him in years past, as being maybe the best backup linebacker in the NFL. He might still be that if mm. he comes back next year. He's a free agent. But if you had him as the third behind Bernard Milano, I would not feel bad about that at all. In the secondary. Your big concern in this game actually had almost nothing to do with coverage. It was tackling, point blank period. I mean, there were so many missed tackles. I think of the Dane Jackson uh, in the second quarter and the long Clyde Edwards-Hilaire play, Jordan Poyer in the second quarter on a, like a 12-yard run from Isaiah Pacheco. Think of the fourth quarter right before the, um, the fumble that um, Jordan Poyer fumbled. Michael Hyde, Michael Hyde, Michael Hyde, excuse me, missed a tackle on that play. Um, Douglas on the long Mahomes play, not really going to ding him for that. That was just Mahomes doing some Houdini one, yeah. play right there. But regardless, the guys in the secondary, totally different than the Chiefs secondary in terms of missing tackles. I mean, and they didn't rally to the football when if one guy missed, uh, missed a tackle, your brother was right there to get him down, so it didn't matter. Wasn't great pursuit to the ball. The guys missed a lot of tackles, and it turned, once again, five-yard plays in the 20, and that's how the Chiefs got so many darn explosives because a lot of them weren't down the field. Like, I know they had a couple to MBS, two of those I know off the top of my head. But some of those were just, hey, man, it's me and you in the hole. Who going who gonna to win? And the Chiefs won more often than not. And a lot of that, too, was because going back to how the defensive tackles played, they weren't occupying multiple blockers enough. So you had centers and tackles that were downfield. Poor Taron Johnson had multiple plays where he's given 150 pounds <laughs> to someone trying to get around him to make a block because those tackles, I mean, people want to get tired of hearing that it starts up front, but it starts up front. Yeah. And that's how you end up with sweeps where you've got three offensive linemen blocking downfield on corners and you only have one guy who can make a tackle because everyone else is <laughs> occupied in this game. The play of the safeties, Jordan Poirier and Micah Hyde, their last game together, probably, um, a great career in Buffalo. They've made 
So many great plays, big games, all pro nods, all that deserved. But forget about just looking like they were over 30 years old. They just were not good in this game. They didn't play well. I, I, you brought it to my attention afterwards, and I didn't really see it. Even on the Mahomes long scramble, I didn't like Poyer's effort in terms of um, making sure Mahomes got out of bounds because I think Mahomes kind of gave himself up instead of actually trying to get more yardage on that play. Um, Micah Hyde, and there were certain plays where I didn't like his disguise. He was too late to his rotation. They just didn't seem locked in all the way. And once again, I'm not in the locker room. I'm not speculating and things of that nature. But from what I see on the tape, they just weren't their, their usual selves. And look, to be frank, this entire year, they weren't their all-pro selves. I mean, I'm not gonna, we, I don't think we've ever said that in this space. But it was a different drop in this game in particular that was kind of discouraging to see, especially in what will probably be their last game together. Most guy, both guys, for sure, missed wide-open tackles down the field. Both guys, we think, bit wrong, horribly wrong, on at least one pass uh, play. I mean, the, the wide-open Travis Kelsey touchdown, which is for sure Dane Jackson's fault. Well, maybe not for sure. We don't know for sure. You're right. We believe in cover three, he should have been taking a deep third and instead came up short. But in addition, if it is cover three, Micah Hyde's not anywhere close to playing the middle of the field either. So even if Dane Jackson, you think, right. is in position, there's probably a, a throw to be made. It wouldn't be an easy pop-up throw that Mahomes could throw left-handed, but it's a throw most NFL quarterbacks are going to make. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like, he was obviously trying to hold the disguise for as long as he could, so I get what he was doing, but at some point, the jig is up. Like, it, it's over with. Mahomes see it. It's over with. Let's go. Let's get, like, your responsibility is over the disguise 10 times out of 10, and Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer are two of the best that I've ever seen in terms of disguising coverages, but in that play right there, it came back to haunt him. And that was kind of the theme, you know, and, and like we'll, we'll go back to what I talked about a few minutes ago. There were too many guys in this game for the Bills that they were depending on all year who not only did not play, have big games, they had poor games. Right. They had games where you would, if you would, he had done that, any of these players had done that all year, you would be replacing them. Now, look, Dane Jackson was one. He's not a corner they wanted in the game if you go back to August anyway. A solid backup for sure and a guy who can play, but, but had a bad game in this one. And I think that at the end was not only the undoing of the Bills, but you think about the fact they lost by three and had multiple chances to win and did that with their safeties playing poor, their best offensive guard playing poor, their near Pro Bowl, their, uh, their Pro Bowl defensive tackle playing not bad, not, not average, poor, you know? And if any of those guys maybe have, if all they all have average games, yeah. maybe the Bills just win, by, win this by two touchdowns. And that, to me, if I'm a Bills fan, is the most frustrating part of this game. All right, Carl. That is it for us. Any final thoughts from you here at all? Nah, man, I just appreciate you guys checking, it, uh, checking in on us. The, the support is appreciated. Unfortunately, the way the, end, the season ended for the Bills, but we talked about this before. The next man up philosophy sounds really, really cute until the next man, unfortunately, isn't the guy getting paid $15, 20000000 million a year. Nonetheless, Sean McDermott, I think, did a fantastic job from week six on with that defense. Unfortunately, they ran out of bodies and ran up against one of the best dynasties outside of the past that we've seen since the year 2000. And then Mahomes in this game played really well. Yeah. I mean, there were very, other than the first, the second drive where he overthrew two balls in the end zone, that was pretty much the only thing <laughs> I thought he did wrong for the whole game. So if you're Sean McDermott and you're scheming up with backups against the best there ever has, maybe the best there ever has been, certainly the best there is now playing a league game, that's a tough chaff, a tough chore for sure. All right, for Carl Jones, I'm Thad Brown. Thanks for watching Let's Talk Ball all year long. You can find every single episode of this, rochesterverse.com, on YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the whole deal. Thanks for watching all year, and we'll see you again in the next